Welcome back to Butterless Popcorn, the podcast where we analyze our favorite movies through a series of outlandish questions. I'm Brett Tworski. I'm Adam Ottenheimer. This movie, as you just said, is so relatable to us. There are legitimately groups of people, I'm sure, that think of Robert De Niro almost as a comedic actor. This movie, in 2004, she was only 18, but she was an international superstar. Everyone knew who Lindsay Lohan was. Borden is, is Tim Duncan, but then, yes. you know, James Harden is kind of like that Angier. The other one is Mikowski. Oh, that's a hot take! I can't wait to rewatch it and to talk to you about that, that atrocious yet incredible movie for an hour. Today we are breaking down a film that millennials love and their boomer parents probably didn't quite understand. David Fincher's 2010 iconic look at the development of one of today's largest tech companies and worldwide superpowers, Facebook. This is The Social Network. Adam, what's going on? This is the movie, Brett, that I think doesn't get enough credit. Honestly, no matter what generation you are, you have some kind of emotional connection to Facebook. And the interesting thing about this movie is that it's not really about Facebook. It's not like a documentary about Facebook. I think the intention really is to take us through a story that the setting happens to be about the creation of Facebook. And maybe that plays into why it doesn't get enough credit, but it really is one of the great movies made in the last 10 years or so. I totally agree. So I will say up until now, all the movies that we have recorded podcasts for I have seen at least 20 times. This movie, I have only seen three times. I, I don't know if anyone's... I mean, it's not on TV, you know? It's it's not regularly... And I don't have cable, so... <laughs> that plays into it, too. <laughs> but it's also... It is on Netflix now, so you, you, can, uh, you can watch it for free if you have it. But I think, you know, we talked about this a little bit before the show, but... It's starting to come into its own, really, in the last couple of years. When it first came out, it hit big. It was a it was a really good success. It had, I think, two or three consecutive really good weeks at the box office. Then I think it kind of tailed off a bit. People weren't talking about it like it really deserved to be talked about. It was up for some Academy Awards. It, it won Academy Awards, uh, Golden Globes, and, and Oscars. But it, it's really doesn't get enough credit for for how good it really is yeah it it has aged well to say the least and i think a big part of that is because of how well facebook has aged no, um, we will we'll we'll talk about this towards the end but just I, I mean when this film was made facebook was only six years old and now facebook is 16 years old and the growth that has occurred with facebook facebook now is is also you know, it, it owns other brands. It owns Instagram and all these other smaller smaller tech companies. So um, I think with the growth of Facebook and the superpower that Facebook has become, people started to notice this movie a little more. And as you said, though, this movie is not necessarily about it's not a it's not a biography of Facebook. Right. Um, but it's I, I think with the success that Facebook has had over the last decade, this movie has started to gain some more recognition. And I think because it's not a biography is why it ages so well. So 
uh, Ben Mesrick is is the author of the book that that this is essentially based upon, and you know he's written other stuff too. So bringing down the house as well, which is what twenty one the movie is based off of, which I actually really love too. That's that's a like guilty pleasure of mine. I, I hate that. You're movie. crazy. You're absolutely <laughs> crazy. That movie's so bad. But continue, well, okay, please. well, when we discuss that movie, if we ever do, we'll we'll get into some heated debates. But I I think because it's not rooted in fact of how Facebook was actually created, there's not much leeway for, oh, you know what, this isn't true. This is a sham. You know, we're not going to, it's not worth watching. I think if you compare it to something like, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody, which came out pretty recently, I don't know how well that will age. Um, there, There's some disagreement there on, on how accurate that really was, and I think it rubbed people the wrong way, whereas the social network... I think puts itself in its own story there. Totally. And the way this film came to fruition is super, super unique. So as you said, um, it's based off of a 2009 book called the accidental billionaires by Ben Mesrick. And I guess what happened was Aaron Sorkin, the screenwriter for social network, who was already, already pretty established. He wrote a few good men, enemy of the state, a handful of other movies he read an unfinished draft of the book and the book publishers already began shopping it around for a film adaptation. And Sorkin immediately read a few pages and was like, I love this. I want to take this on and make it a movie. So he started writing the screenplay while the book was still being finished. And Sorkin said that he and Mesrick, the author would occasionally meet up and compare notes for their research that they were doing and by the time the book was finished, Sorkin was eighty percent done with the wow. screenplay. I mean, you don't you don't hear about that happening very often with adapted screenplays. I mean, it's 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 an adapted screenplay, but at the same time, it's the I you know what Sorkin was able to deliver was so original. That's also what makes Mesrick so good, right? Is the ability to basically make a book with I I don't know what his intention necessarily was, but making it easily adaptable. For a screenplay and also not being you know there's a lot of authors where if you change one slight thing about the book they're pretty protective about it and reluctant to give the okay to the movie but you know they, they seem to work well together which really helps out in the long run for this film yeah absolutely and when it came time for casting uh, i i think you you'll you'll agree with me here jesse eisenberg is a just plus. perfect perfect as mark said this is the role he was born to play absolutely he's got the like every he's got the look to him he's got the ability to be you know that like pompous and arrogant but not like completely in your face about it in a way it's a a subtle douchiness if you will to him it's it's perfect i love it yeah and in many of his roles and we've talked about eisenberg in the past on this podcast he's the kind of actor where it seems like his brain is moving much faster than everyone else's. And when he talks, he's just talking like this. And you don't really know what he's saying a lot of the time. And it's just like, blah, 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 blah. It's like super quick. And it's, it's, he's like that in so many of his performances. And, uh, and you can kind of imagine that Mark Zuckerberg, at least when he was a student at Harvard, developing Facebook was like that. Too. Oh, he would wear the Gap sweatshirt and everything. Yeah. <laughs> he had to uh, wear shorts and sandals Amazing. to class or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, so 
in in an interview with the Baltimore Sun, like right before the social network came out, I thought this was really interesting. Eisenberg said that, quote, playing Mark Zuckerberg seems so much more overtly insensitive in so many ways that seem (laughs) real to me. I don't often get cast as insensitive people, so it feels very comfortable, fresh, and exciting. The social network is the biggest relief I've ever had in a movie. (laughs) And I think that's just him saying, like, I'm able to just vent and just like be this asshole be this insensitive prick where it's he doesn't have to worry about i don't know putting on any sort of facade yeah i I feel like uh there's probably every actor or actress i would imagine has some type of role that's just uniquely uh uniquely fit for them and, and this is it for eisenberg and really the rest of the cast too i would say i mean fincher did a phenomenal job filling out this cast here and and we'll get into this a bit more later but to have Andrew Garfield really I thought hit a home run as Eduardo Saverin and I'm not a huge Andrew Garfield fan but really did and then obviously our boy JT who I I I know you love this guy but he he was just phenomenal in this film JT is unbelievable I and, and you know we'll dive in when we're talking about Mount Rushmore's and everything but I I'll give my spoiler I think this is the best movie appearance JT has ever had. And it's pretty crazy. Jonah Hill was actually in contention for the role of Sean Parker, but David Fincher passed on him. And I, I can't even imagine that because, you know, Justin Timberlake brings this suave, confident persona to Sean Parker. And I don't see Jonah Hill bringing that. I think I, I agree. I think Jonah would actually be really good in this role though, too. I, I almost want to watch the same movie with Jonah because have you, have you seen Wolf of Wall Street? Yes. So I, I am, my guess is this was to satisfy some of the itch that Jonah had by not getting the social network, but he was really good in Wolf of Wall Street as a secondary character. And Jonah Hill has really made this transformation into a really good drama actor. And I I think he would play it well. It it would be a completely different Sean Parker, like you said. Right. And it looked like Fincher was, you know, from from my research as well, it looked like Fincher was 100% go on Justin Timberlake, which, by the way, is, is remarkable that he's able to make that call with limited acting, really, in this type of role for JT. But I think it would still be good with Jonah Hill. I think so, too. As we just said, it would have been different. It would be a shame to not bring up Army Hammer when talking about the casting, who portrayed both Winklevoss twins. And I was really blown away when diving into this, that he played alongside a body double basically this whole time. And then um, post-production, his face was digitally grafted onto the body double's face. So it obviously looked like there were two of him um and just to show how intense david fincher is with his casting and his characters he sent army hammer and josh pence who is the body double actor to a twin boot camp for 10 months <laughs> to learn how to play the winklevoss twins the winklevi yes as mark says the winklevi <laughs> the winklevi so that's really cool and i didn't know if that was something new or if it had been done in the past and apparently In 1998, with uh, Lindsay Lohan, a a name we've discussed on this podcast many times, when she did The Parent Trap, 
Um, a body double and some CGI work was also used there. I don't know how intense they got into it, if the tech was exactly the same. But um, yeah, Army Hammer is is really a, an unsung hero of this movie. I, I think it's incredible the way he plays the Winklevoss twins. God, we've had a couple. This is now our second movie that we've reviewed, I believe, that has a twin. I mean, there's the there's the bloody double in the Prestige as well. The bloody double. <laughs> so it's a bloody double. <laughs> No Michael Caine in this one, unfortunately, but uh, we'll, we'll get another Michael Caine one in soon enough. I'm sure we will. Um, one more thing I want to bring up is how accurate this movie really is compared to what happened. Because it, you know, at the end of the day, it it is a dramatization, right? And uh, Mark Zuckerberg said at the time when it came out um, that instead of making Facebook to quote get girls. He actually made it because he enjoyed building things. And although he said a lot of it was fictionalized, there was one thing he said that Sorkin and Fincher got right on the nose. And that was, as you were just talking about, his wardrobe. Zuckerberg said, quote, every single shirt and fleece they had in the movie is actually a shirt or fleece that I own. <laughs> That's so good. I thought that I was mean, really the, good. The level of detail, though, that they, that they go to in that movie is truly great. But, you know, I think there's, there's a number of things that we can point to that aren't factually correct. So I, I was also reading, you know, the Winkle Vi really were not that big of players. I mean, they did, they did settle for that. What is that? 65 million or, or whatever it was, right. but you know, they weren't a true threat. There wasn't really a threat of a, of a legitimate lawsuit against Zuckerberg. Um, Eduardo was screwed out of the company by dilution, but it was performed a little bit different than how they portrayed it. But in the end, it, it almost doesn't matter that we talked about earlier. It doesn't matter how, how accurate or inaccurate it really is. They've got the premise down and they've got an incredible story to go along with it. Right. And it's a movie, you know, you need, you need dramatization to make a movie good. Right. If, if Mark was just this happy go lucky, nice guy, who just made Facebook one day and no one hated him. He had no enemies. That would be boring. That was a terrible movie. Right. So, uh, and yeah, and, and Dustin Moskovitz and Eduardo Saverin also said that a lot of it was fiction. Um, but I, you know, this movie, if they weren't already known around the world, they certainly were after this movie. Yeah, we'll take it. Let's do it. So should we dive into the categories, Adam? I'm in. This episode of Butterless Popcorn is brought to you by Todlich Funkeld, Germany's premier sparkling water brand. Sick and tired of traditional sparkling water flavors like lime, lemon, berry, or tangerine? And at the same time, have you always wanted to travel to Germany and eat their most beloved dishes? With Todlich Funkeld, you get the best of both worlds. Order now and you'll receive a three 30-packs of Todlich Funkeld's famous bratwurst, schnitzel, and Konigsberger Klubse flavored sparkling waters. You can order online at tfunkeld.com and use the promo code BUTTERLESS, that's B-U-T-T-E-R-LESS, the name of this podcast, for a discount. Order now for your trip to Germany through a can of sparkling water with Todlink Funkeld. Adam, there are so many amazing scenes in this movie. It was hard to nub it down to a few. Give me some of your nominations for the best scene in The Social Network. Three nominations for me. So the first one is the dinner, the introductory dinner with Sean Parker. That's when we see JT for the first time. He storms in like an absolute asshole. You know, 25 minutes late. 25 minutes <laughs> late that Eduardo hates. 
he disagrees with everything. So there's so much tension between Eduardo and Sean at that scene for a number of reasons, but really they disagree on the vision of the company, which is, you know, when you think about it, Sean is no part of the company at all. He's coming out guns blazing, talking about what the vision of Facebook should be, orders drinks, he's kind of whining and dining the ladies a little bit, you know, he's he's playing all the cards that he has, and then at the very end of that scene, he's like, drop the the, just Facebook. I love that, yeah. yeah what a dick, but... <laughs> Uh, it's a good call, obviously, but it, th- that scene is is unbelievable for me. This this scene is also in my nominees, um, and I just it you encapsulated it perfectly. And I love that at the end of it or in the beginning of it, Eduardo says, "From the moment he sat down, from that point on, it was a Seanathon." Mm-hmm. And Mark is immediately enthralled with Sean, and I think this scene sets the tone. For Mark's outlook for what he wants Facebook to become, it almost to the end of the movie. Yeah, this was this was pivotal pivotal for the direction that Facebook ultimately took, at least in the movie sense. But right, it's it's, it's in this scene that Sean gives Mark a, a certain bravado and confidence that he lacked before. Um, but then, as we see by the end of the film, that confidence or, or swagger doesn't always come in handy. It's got that Silicon Valley charm in there. But the second one I have is this one I actually forgot about until I watched it again. But the intern scene, you know, they're taking shots and they're writing code. And uh, I, I don't know how much this really, you know, happened. But the fact that they're just taking a drink for every what is it, every like fifth line of code or something like that that they write, they have to take a drink. And they, they get super fucked up, and the the competition ends with, with an intern winning and coming out on top, but it's just absolute madness, and it's the first time that you really see Facebook being, quote-unquote, a legitimate company, and the type of, you know, startup-y type environment that we would expect from a Silicon Valley or a tech startup here. Welcome to Facebook. <laughs> I love that. He just shakes his hand, comes right up. <laughs> Yeah. No, that scene that scene is really cool. I love that it's, you know, everyone around campus is making such a big deal about it that that's an event. Who are, who's going to be the intern for Facebook? Are you going to audition? Are you going to try to compete in the hacking competition? You know, it's it was almost like gossip around campus and then that competition occurs and it's madness and you hear I love Eduardo walks into the dorm and he hears people screaming, and he's like, "What the fuck is going on?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's these hackers just slamming these shots. These nerds just and, ripping shots. <laughs> and I and I love when Mark tells Eduardo what's going on, and I don't even remember. I know off the top of my head, I'm not quite sure what he says, but he's like, "They have to do this, then they take a shot, then they have to do this, then they take a shot." And oh yeah, and every three minutes they have to take <laughs> a shot. And it's like these they're just getting drunk off their asses and having to hack some system or code or whatever. Like it's. Yeah, a really cool scene. It's um, that's a great one. And then the last one I had here, which is my ultimate winner, is the you know, the big confrontation and the millionth user scene. A couple reasons. Number one, I think the cinematography is phenomenal in that scene. We'll get to that in a bit later. Also, Eduardo, you know, storming in and walking up to Mark. Really good monologue from Saverin and from Andrew Garfield there. And the last reason is Sean Parker 
because he's such a dick there. And JT, I don't know. It's like you said that like suave, slick way of being a douche, and somehow he lands it perfectly. And that's why I love JT in this role right here. But especially that scene, that's the best from him. That this is my favorite scene in the whole movie too. Um, you know, Eduardo arrives at Facebook for a big meeting or party. He's not quite sure which. He, he is not really. He, yeah, he's not too involved with the company at this point. So if you're watching this movie for the first time and you don't know the backstory, you kind of have a feeling something's up. As soon as as soon as he says, "I arrived," and neither were occurring, an ambush, and then he's called an ambush. That's right. And then he's called into the room with the lawyer. And the moment when this scene becomes amazing for me is when. Uh, he looks at the at the new contract and he's like, "What's happening?" And then the camera leaves the room, and it goes silent. And you see his reaction, but you don't hear anything. But David, that's David Fincher letting us assume that, oh fuck, he's done. That that really is. And there's a couple other camera shots too in there that are really good. But yeah, when you put everything together in that scene. And in the way at the end, sorry, that JT plays it off at the end, where he's like, all right, that's our show for today. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have a big party. (laughs) Yeah, well, then that leads to chaos, but just so good for Um, everyone. uh, I also want to add that really good camera work, as you said, and especially when Eduardo is charging Mark, basically, Mm -hmm. the camera is below looking up, so it kind of like puts him in a a powerful view. Mm Uh, and then he just explodes and obviously really famous. He slams Mark laptop against the desk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, this is his Eduardo's moment. This is his breaking point. You know, the, up until now for a lot of the movie, he's giving in to Mark's demands. He provided all the funds to launch Facebook. He didn't go through with the ads when he wanted to. And Mark didn't, this is his breaking point. This is where he explodes. And uh, I won't spoil any quotes yet. But there are some there's some amazing dialogue in this scene. But yeah, I think this is the best scene in the film. Agree. And back to your camera point real quick. So you mentioned how the camera is lower and it shoots Andrew Garfield as this like taller, quote, you know, superior figure. It does that actually yeah. quite a bit in the film, too. So there's a few times where Mark is sitting down and Eduardo is standing up kind of, you know, that hot shot type posture, too. And yeah. the interesting thing is Mark and Jesse Eisenberg never feel affected by that. And he's always so confident. And this is where the arrogance kind of plays into it too. But that's, what's really impressive too, about both the camera work and then also the acting on their part. So everything that comes together, that's my favorite scene. What are your, uh, what are your other nominees there? So I had four total and we already talked about two of them. Obviously this was my favorite one. And then I also had when Mark and Eduardo meet Sean Parker for the first time, the two others I had, um, and the the opening scene of this movie when Mark is out to dinner with Erica Albright. Wow. Talk about introducing a character immediately from the opening lines of the movie. Right away, we know who this guy is. He's the, the dialogue is so fast and, and Mark is really flexing his intelligence here. And he's just bragging the whole time and he's putting her down and he doesn't even realize that he's doing mm-hmm. it. And, and it, it just shows us who he is. He's an otherworldly genius 
who has a little bit of trouble catching on to social cues and relating to other people sometimes. So it's that introduction is so good. Um, and it's actually really funny in the production of this movie, David Fincher retook, made them do retakes of this scene 99 times. Oh, no right. 99 Nine times. times. I think what's 99 it's tough too. Cause there's a lot of background noise going on in the back, you know, with at the bar and everything. Right. And that's what's, that's what's so good about that scene too. But that's going to be a pain in the ass to keep filming. Jeez. Insane. That just shows how meticulous David Fincher is. Oh. But it, th- this scene is unbelievable. And, and it, Erica is really trying here. She she clearly likes him. That you can tell they've gone on a handful of dates because Mark says we're dating, we're dating, we're dating. But his little backhanded compliments, if they're even considered backhanded compliments, yeah. more like comments. But when she's like, "I gotta go study," he's like, "You don't need to study. You go to BU." <laughs> you know, and and he's talking about him getting into a um, a final club, right? And he's like, "If I get in, you'll be meeting a lot of people you wouldn't normally meet." She's like, oh, thank you. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So I I love that scene. That's one of my favorites. And then one more I had was right after that when Erica breaks up, breaks it off with Mark and he goes back to his dorm. And this is where you see who like, you know, oh, he's a tech wizard and he's just kind of a maniacal genius, I guess. I mean, the... um, the, the camera shots during this scene are really good when he starts to um, create the Hot or Not website because it goes to him and then it shifts to this big party that he's missing out on. The contrast there is really great. And uh, as we were talking about before with his brain moving so quickly, it's like he's 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 narrating his blog posts about Erica and then he's also narrating what he's doing with the website he's building and it gets to a point where you're like, what the hell is this guy doing? I don't even understand this. And we just get a look inside of his head for the first time. And so I th- thought that scene was great, too. I love that they... So they ultimately crash the network in that scene. And Yeah. Yeah. The, you don't think that... I do. <laughs> you know what I'm about? I do. I do. Yeah. You don't think that was... I do. <laughs> so good, Jesse Eisenberg. I love it. So good. So, but yeah, we, we're in agreement that Eduardo's explosion... In the Facebook offices, in the Facebook office, that's the best scene. Absolutely, Brett. Let's uh, let's move on then. So we we have one here that we call the car chase scene. So the one that gets your heart racing a little bit. What are your nominees for this? So I just had one. Okay. Um. This this movie. I thought I was expecting there would maybe be more before I rewatched it the other day. Um. But yeah, there was only one. And it's kind of a, I didn't expect this to be it, but it's after Eduardo freezes the bank account and Mark calls him infuriated. Mm-hmm. And then they're fighting on the phone while Eduardo's trying to put out the fire that Christy started on his bed. <laughs> and and then Mark just relaxes and he tells him it's okay. And he says that they secured the $500,000 from Peter Thiel. And I get the chills when Mark just says, Eduardo, we did it. Oh man. Cause that's like, that's their winning moment that all their hard work has paid off. And Facebook is officially a life changing business, but that's also a part two. And I think this is what kind of makes it car chasey too. And I didn't actually have this one, but this is a really good scene is 
even though there's like the we did it from Mark, it still feels like there's something. I mean, obviously it's early in the movie, so you know something else is going to unfold, but you don't feel completely comfortable at that point like you should. And I think that's what's really special about that. And you know that it's going to come back to bite Eduardo some way or another. Ooh, yeah, I mean, this is ultimately what leads to his demise at the company. So that that was that was the only car chase scene I had. How about you? I have two. So the first one I have, and this is obviously not in order, but sending the friend request to Erica, my heart was pounding. When it's it's actually the last scene in the movie, right? The final moments. Yeah, yeah. he's. I for I forgot about this, and then I watched it again. But he he looks up Erica, hovering over the friend button, and the fact that it, this is you know his site, and she's kind of the the springboard that started this whole thing. It really was yeah. fa- it, it my I, I have no words to describe it. It just felt so uncomfortable. Yet it was a real heart racing scene for me. And he refreshes the page too. Yes. Like he sends the friend request and maybe two seconds later, he starts refreshing the page to see yeah, if she so Slow down, it. Mark. Like, we don't have uh, push notifications quite yet. <laughs> that might not be accurate. <laughs> that, but. That's, a, that's, a, that's a great closing scene. It is. So that's, that's one. But my ultimate winner, though, is the scene at the club. And I, when I think social Ooh. network, this is one of like the two or three scenes that I always think about. But this is when, you know, Mark already has some kind of affinity for Sean Parker, but it really blows up here. So first of all, Sean Parker's there with a Victoria's Secret model, <laughs> which is great because he's such a braggadocious piece of shit about that one. But yeah, he's like, yeah, you, you do recognize her. It's like, okay, Sean, but <laughs> <laughs> fuck, yeah, you. fuck you. But this is where actually... Sean, for the first time, directly starts to shit on Eduardo to Mark, where he's like, you know, he shouldn't be in New York. He should be here. And he's he keeps asking, like, what's he doing out there? Why is he why does he have an internship? Why is he not a hundred percent committed here? And it really plants the seed into into Mark's head about whether Eduardo is, you know, the long term fit for the company as CFO. But everything about that scene just gets my blood pumping. Uh, the fact again they're talking with really loud music in the background jt yeah. is just yelling the whole time about his you know his his backstory and and the story of the victoria's secret model so it's it's really phenomenal here i think that's a really good scene too and i i i definitely get a chill worthy moment when sean says let's keep working together and i'll put you on two continents mm-hmm and Mark's like, Tuka, Tuka. he's like, he's stunned. He's it's the stunned. only time he's at a loss for words, really. Yeah. I mean, it just, from that moment on, obviously the, the first meeting at the dinner is one thing, but from that moment on is when Sean is really flexing what he knows and what he can do. And that's when Mark is totally infatuated with him. And he's like, this guy is going to help us take us is going to help take Facebook to the next level. So good. Oh, JT. Can't get enough of them, though. JT, baby. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Adam, this movie is so quotable, and I didn't remember it being this quotable, but there were so many quotes I wrote down. Some of them are longer, some of them are shorter. What are some of your favorite quotes in the movie? I have a handful. I'm just going to rattle them off, but I want 
to point out that the first quote I say and the last quote I say are two reasons why I love this movie so much. So the first one is, you're going to go through life thinking girls don't like you because you're a nerd. But that won't be true. It'll be because you're an asshole. That's what Erica says to, to Mark Amazing. when she breaks up. In the first scene. The second one, I swear he was looking at you when he said the next Bill Gates could be in the room. <laughs> I showed up late, so I don't even know who the speaker was. And then Mark goes, that that was Bill Gates. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I love that, too. Another one is short. It's just Eduardo didn't come out. And that's Sean saying it as a statement, but also as a question to Mark. And that's when he starts to realize Eduardo's not the guy. Right. <laughs> Another one. This is from the, the Winklevi. Let's gut the freaking nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Let's gut the freaking nerd. <laughs> I've changed my mind. Let's gut the freaking nerd. And the last one to close it out is, and this relates back to the first quote I said, but you're not an asshole, Mark. You're just trying so hard to be. Yeah, that, that writing is so clever by Sorkin there. To put that in the first scene and the last scene. Just really comes good. full circle, and that's what really completes this movie right here. I absolutely love that. So I'm going to go with the last one. Technically, it's a combination of the first and last, but the, the sure. quote's about being an asshole. Sure. I will say I, I love Rashida Jones, but I, I think she's just – she. I could use more of her in this movie. I think her role is just too nothing. Yeah, she's pretty vanilla. Very vanilla. And that – I mean that quote is great, but I think that's the only good moment her that's her only good moment in this movie did you know that rashida jones is quincy jones's daughter i did i i found that out maybe a week ago my, my <laughs> life changed there's a whole stuff if you google it too everyone's like all the headlines are like wait what the fuck rashida jones is quincy jones it's so random but it's incredible no idea yeah that is that is a thing um so i'm gonna rattle off some of mine too i won't do any of the ones you repeated but i had that first one from erica um I have, I'm 6'5", 220, and there's two of me <laughs> from one of the Winklevoss twins. Uh, my next one is during the lawsuit with the Winklevi. When Mark is talking to their lawyer, he goes, you have part of my attention. You have the minimum yes. amount. <laughs> That's really good. Um, I have, the Winklevi aren't suing for intellectual property theft. They're suing because for the first time in their lives, things didn't work out the way they were supposed to for them. That's a zinger right there. Um, huge zinger. Uh, we said this one earlier, drop the the. Mm-hmm. Drop the the, just Facebook. Um, and then I have, what was Mr. Zuckerberg's ownership share diluted to? It wasn't. What was Dustin Moskovitz's ownership share diluted down to? It wasn't. What was Sean Parker's ownership share diluted down to? It wasn't. What was Peter Thiel's ownership share diluted down to? It wasn't. And what was your ownership share diluted down to? 0.03%. Okay, I just got chills <laughs> saying that right now. So I'm going to add that to one of my chill scenes. That I, we, I think the funny thing said. too is that, and this really never made sense to me, but as soon as he said 0.03%, Zuckerberg's lawyer turns to look at him in shock as if he didn't yeah. already know that's what the premise of the whole case is being built on. But he's just like, right. wow, you really are a fucking asshole, Mark. <laughs> no, there are multiple times where Mark lawyer, where Mark's lawyer is just like, you really did that? <laughs> or you really just said that right now? Like, Jesus Christ. Dude, I'm trying to help um, you. <laughs> I know. So that one's great. And then a couple more. 
Sorry, my prize with the cleaners along with my hoodie and my fuck you flip-flops, you pretentious douchebag. That's amazing. Oh, I think I'm not going to lie. I rewinded and watched that part a couple times. It's so good. I'm surprised you didn't have that at your list of quotes. I really It's should. so good. It's so good. That's one of the that's one of the reasons why I think that's the best scene in the movie. That that line right there is incredible. Oh, it's so good. That's I. It I left my up. Pradas at the cleaners with my hoodie and my fuck you flip flops. It's what is it? Sean basically says, you know, parading around in your fancy suits or something like that. What does he say? He he does something to set him off there. Yeah, I don't remember. And then Sean or that's Eduardo just is like, sorry. <laughs> he just he's, gets him. Uh, um, so that one's amazing, but my quote of the movie is, it's a really simple one. If you guys were the inventors of Facebook, you'd have invented Facebook. That's to the Winklevi, right? It's to the Winklevi, and then what was their, their friend's name? Oh, was it Dev- Diava or something? Div- Divya? Dev- Div- Divya, yeah, I think. Um, I love that one just because that's really it. Like, sure, Mark kind of took their idea and ran away with it and did his own thing. But if they had invented it, they would have invented it. And that's kind of it. That was that came up a bit on the, the research, too, that I did based on the legality of all of the suits and stuff is that there really is no, like, intellectual property that he stole. He just, you know, there's there's no patent on a social site. And so I think that's right. that's kind of Zuckerberg's point there. But, again, another zinger coming right for him. I, I love it. Yeah. So... Besides, besides that one, I, that that Prada one is just sorry. So <laughs> but fuck you, flip flops. You'll never hear that in a movie again. Guarantee it. So, so Adam, lots of great characters in this movie, as we just talked about. But if you could be friends with one of them in real life, who would it be? Two of them that I have here. One of them is Marilyn Delpy, who uh, is is Rashida Jones's character there. It just mm-hmm. seems like a pretty down-to-earth kind of uh, attorney for him. And, you know, she's kind of impressed. She's like, you hit 200, or I, I forgot what the number was, but she was really impressed by the number of users that or downloads that he had in the first X amount of minutes and, and crashes the, the server. And she seems to be, you know, kind of like the good guy, if you will, on his side, so... Uh, sure. I like her in that, but I, I think the one that I'm ultimately going to come up with is is Dustin. This guy, <laughs> really, nice. it's it's mainly like a process of elimination. Really, I I couldn't see myself being friends with Mark Eduardo or Sean, and so Dustin just seems like a chill, down to earth, hardworking guy. Gets shit done, <laughs> you know, do the dirty work and blue collar type mentality I, I i respect it so i'm i'm going dustin moskowitz on this one but i respect your take but my problem with dustin is that we don't really know much about him he could be plotting to overthrow mark this whole time and we just have no idea because we don't really explore his it's character true but he does him. stay out of the drama which i which i like so he does he just he just puts his head he's down wired and in, just baby. works <laughs> he's wired in um, I had two and I had two bigger characters. So I had Sean Parker and Eduardo as my two nominees and, uh, I nominated Sean because yes, he's an asshole, but he's, he balances that line of 
being a dick, but he's not too big of a dick where if he invites you out to get a drink with him, you're going to say no. You know, he, he, he doesn't cross that line. And he's also the kind of guy where when he's on your side, you really want him yeah, he's on a your huge side. Help. So uh, that's one. And then Eduardo, because he kind of seems like the only character with genuine intentions for most of the movie. I mean, he just wants to do what's best for him and Mark. And yeah, he blows up a few times, says some things he probably shouldn't say, but I don't feel like he does any backstabbing here. Well, freezing the account which... was somewhat backstabby in a way, but a little bit, but like he had he had to get Mark's <laughs> attention as yeah. he says. So I, I went with Eduardo just because he seems like a good friend. Yeah, I mean, he's a terrible CFO. I'll say that. What kind of CFO signs a contract that Horrible. you don't even realize you're going to be diluting yourself in the end? But Right. All right. Well, this question isn't who we'd want to be our CFO. Fair. It's just friend. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Okay. Uh, that's, that's, a, that's a good segue into the next section. And this might be a really easy one here. But Adam, who do you think is the biggest Mark. asshole in this movie? Yes, <laughs> that's all. It's just Mark. It's such a we've talked about it, but the zingers that he has, the arrogance that he has to him, no loyalty really to his friends. At least it seems, just all around complete dick. I, yeah, I I agree. There's nothing else <laughs> that, for me that, to that add. Was there, so. <laughs> that was perfect. So we have nothing. That was perfect. So then switching gears a little bit. This is the last one, and then we'll we'll take a quick break, but. What's your most cringeworthy scene here? Just had one here. When Mark sees Erica in the bar when she's with her friends, and it's right after he and Eduardo uh, had sex with the other girls in the bathroom, and he goes up to her, he starts talking to her, he asks to speak with her alone, and she doesn't want to, and he keeps asking her if he could speak alone with her, and she's like, dude, I don't want to. Leave me alone. And... um. I, I don't know. It's just you could tell he went up to her because he did feel a little bad and he wanted to apologize. But when she's like, no, I don't want to I, I don't want to be rude. To my she's friends. I want to just sit it. here. And he can't he just like can't he's his he's so incompetent for those types of social interactions, at least at that point in the movie. Um, and his he, how he keeps asking to just get her alone for a few minutes read the room i don't dude. know that was kind yeah. of cringy too i know it's just it's just like dude she doesn't want to talk to you like leave her alone like if you're gonna apologize just apologize but stop saying I, i'd really like to speak to you alone can we please speak alone and she's like no i don't want to so there weren't there were not a lot of cringeworthy moments in the movie but uh that's that, that, one of them. that was my ultimate winner it? i do have one other here that i'll mention it's Eduardo's oh, nice. girlfriend lighting the scarf on fire. I'm like, holy shit, Oof. she's crazy. This is nuts. Like, I yeah. knew she was mad, but I will, I will say, I that is one scene I could maybe yep. do without. I agree. I don't love. I just, I just don't think it really serves any purpose to the plot at all. Like when Eduardo's on the phone with Mark, that's a big conversation. But they could have that conversation with Eduardo doing something else I, I don't know i just didn't think that really served much yeah purpose. it was kind of strange but it didn't make me quite uncomfortable there so I, I i feel i need to mention that but i agree with you the ultimate winner there being the confrontation with erica at the at the dinner 
let's take a break before we get into some some casting stuff, and uh, then we'll get back into it. This episode of Butterless Popcorn is brought to you by Cord Connector. Wireless devices can be such a pain. Your phone isn't perfectly positioned on the charging pad. Your wireless headphones aren't connecting to Bluetooth. Your laptop can't receive a strong Wi-Fi signal. Cord Connector has a way to solve all of this. Simply plug one end of the cord into your first device and the other end of the cord into your other device and watch as your electronics are instantly connected. Stop worrying about finding a signal and start physically connecting your devices today. To get your very own cord connector, call now. Tell them Adam and Brett sent you. Cord connector, the only way to stay connected. Welcome back to Butterless Popcorn. We're talking about the social network today. So Adam, question for you. Which actor would you like to see replace one of the stars in this movie? So I have one. This one's a little bit out there, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts. I have, and I do love Jesse Eisenberg, so this really is not a legitimate answer, but replacing Jesse Eisenberg as Zuck is Benedict Cumberbatch. Whoa! All I right. love Please talk. Benedict Cumberbatch. But, Me too. You know, he played Alan Turing in The Imitation Game. Great movie. Who, it was a fantastic movie and unbelievable. That might be his, his best role yet, in my opinion, but... You know, he plays someone that doesn't have really good social cues in that. He also played Sherlock and Doctor Strange. And I think one thing that really brings all these together is the arrogance and the lack of empathy to some extent that he brings to each of those roles. Sure. And so I think it would be a pretty good transition to him. And he has the ability to just be super smart and kind of stone-faced and that's where that empathy comes in but yeah he's such a good actor i think i think he could really pull it off now i would still much rather eisenberg because he actually looks like mark in a way (laughs) he does but but i would take cumberbatch as a as a number two there it's pretty good i like that so is it you're really shooting for benedict cumberbatch as alan turing as mark zuckerberg almost a replica of that role yeah, kind of a com. I would say if I had to combine, I would say Alan Turing plus Sherlock, okay. where it's uh, a really quick talking, you know, like witty, also in a way where he's got the ability to zing. It's it's kind of a mold between these two. I think he's he's kind of played Zuckerberg within these two characters. Sure, I could see that in the intim- in the uh, imitation game. There are some moments where he's flat out rude to people, and he doesn't even realize it. And mm-hmm. Mark in the social network has a lot of those moments too. Right. So that's a good one. Yes. I think it'd be smooth for him. I like, what do you got? Uh, I have Ryan Reynolds as Sean Parker. Oh, that's great. Um, so in many of his performances, Ryan Reynolds, we know him as this good looking, suave, charming guy. He has that trait about him where whenever he speaks, whenever he does something, He's the center of attention. He attracts everyone's eyes at all times, really. He's the center of the room. He can play a sarcastic asshole pretty well. I think we've we've seen that with Deadpool, with other performances he's in. Um, I feel like the kind of characters he plays, he can convince someone to jump off a bridge because he's so charming and smart and, and has so much enthusiasm and passion for what he's talking about and that's the kind of guy who sean parker is so i, th- I think ryan reynolds would do well 
I think that's really interesting. I think it's it's something to note too is that you know Jonah Hill was the number two for that role, but you seem to in your in your answer here go even further to the extreme towards what Justin Timberlake brings instead of going back to that Jonah Hill type role that it would be. So you know that suave that smooth talking convincing type of style so yeah I, I actually i love it though i think ryan reynolds would be actually really good he he's an underrated actor too he's good you know i think people think that he would not be that good because because he you know, can't really take him seriously in some of the roles that he's been but he actually is a good actor i agree i think he's really good so you you know you you, you do this one adam you do this one because this, this is this all you. just cracks me up this is all you. brett would this <laughs> would this movie be better or worse with our boy Josh Gad in it. <laughs> I I don't know is my answer. I, I thought about this long and hard. I'm not going to say it's worse, but I just don't see him in this movie. What could he do? Like maybe he could be Dustin, Dustin Moskovitz. Where he's kind of like in the in the internship, where he's the silent coder <laughs> who keeps his headphones on at all times, doesn't talk to anyone. He just he just gets in the zone and codes. I I put in here insanely better. I want him as CTO or replace Dustin Moskowitz. Okay, so yeah, I mean, he definitely wouldn't have a a big role in this movie. Um, no. sure. I mean, but again, like Moskowitz has lines and is kind of social within the group, so. Maybe I don't know. I, I, I mean, there. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say if if he is Dustin Dustin Moskovitz, it's actually worse, because I like the guy. What's I forget his name. He was a really good child actor. The guy who plays Dustin Moskovitz, something Mazzetto, Joseph Mazzetto, I think is his name. He's good. I mean, he he's, he has a small role, but he's good. He's like a casual, fun college guy who's just really good at coding. Maybe Josh Gad could do that, but uh, I'll pass. Okay, I mean, it's, so you're right. Joseph Mazzello is, Mazzello, is the actor. Mazzello. I, I, I just disagree with you, man. So <laughs> Gad has had a few roles. So we talked about the internship. We yeah. love him in that. Uh, that 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 movie is quietly becoming our favorite movie. Oh, God, it's so good. <laughs> it's do it, but ride, ride. <laughs> but but Gad has also played Wozniak in Jobs, which is a similar type role uh as moskowitz in a way where it's kind of like the man behind the scenes a little bit although wozniak in the movie jobs had had a had a larger role but you know i think it would be a pretty seamless transition for him but also he was in 21 he was (laughs) (laughs) 21 is coming up again in this podcast well it's it's written by mesra i mean it's it's a easy transition there it's a similar premise but he was in 21 he was the nerdy type friend i i want to make you watch that movie again because it's such a fun movie to watch but he's he's in it he does a good job he's you know limited role but i I think it would be better i I want him as dustin i want him in this movie let's reach out to david fincher and tell him he should remake this film with josh gad in it (laughs) absolutely thanks so adam who do you think was the most annoying to work with here Andrew Garfield, Ooh. final answer. And, you know, I really can't give you a good reason why. I I get the sense that Andrew Garfield is kind of just a dick. And 
that's about as far as I go with it. I mean, we don't know what he used to be dating Emma Stone. What happened there? Oh, they did date. Yeah, I don't know. It was uh, for during Spider Man. Makes sense. Apparently, I was <laughs> apparently the rumor that he was kicked off or let go from Spider Man. I guess he didn't attend an event. He just like didn't show up. <laughs> like a <laughs> like a production thing or like an event to promote the film. I think it was like a, the latter to like promote the film or some kind of like unrelated to like an actual, you know, shot or production of the film. But he, I guess, didn't show up. This is some stupid rumor. And that's why he was ultimately let go from it. But oh, I don't dick. really have a strong. Yeah, no, it's just things like that. I'm like, yeah, yeah he's kind of an asshole. Like, yeah. that's like too, that's too good yeah. for the crew. Um, so I know we usually stick with actors here, but I went with the director, David Fincher. I mean, we talked about how he is so set on the perfect details of every movie he makes, like that first scene that he made them retake it 99 times to get it oh, right. God. Uh, he's he's admitted in general that he is somewhat of an autocrat, that he likes to micromanage every part of a film's production. And yeah, I, I would imagine that that process is extremely grueling for the actors on set and for the whole production team in general. So I'm going with Fincher. I think that's fair. When you told me that 99 times, I think that, that solidified it right there. That's oh, that sounds like a nightmare. Insane. Um, time for some trivia. Let's do it. I have three questions, Adam. Here- I do as well. Why don't you? Why don't you go first? All right. Here's one for you. What's the name of the last school that Sean Parker went to? To like that he attended, or yeah. So in the first scene that we meet him when he wakes up at that at that Stanford student's house. Mm-hmm. She's like, where do you go to school? He's like, oh, I went to blank for for a while. Caltech? No. Oh, damn. What is it? William Taft Elementary. <laughs> oh, I would have never gotten Because he didn't that. go to college. So it's just like he's a self-made guy, basically. Did he not go to high school either? I don't know. I, he probably went to high school. <laughs> but that's a a four, funny... Fourth grade and then he was down. Yeah. <laughs> Learned how to code when he was eight. So That's good. Okay, so... Oh for one. Here's here's first one for you. Where did Mark approach Eduardo about the idea for Facebook? Um, it was at the at the A Pie House, and they were having mm-hmm. a, the party for the. It was like a tiki party. Yeah, it was. I'll give it to you. It's A Pie Caribbean Night. Oh, Caribbean <laughs> Night. I, and I love when Mark references that again later in the film when he's like, they're in the lawsuit. He's like, I'm not going back to A Pie Caribbean Night. <laughs> did you have a Caribbean night when you were part of the AE pie? Uh, I don't know. I try to block that period of my life out. <laughs> I'm going to assume that you did. And Probably. Had, uh, someone, someone came up to you with a pitch and you're like, yeah, fuck off. Get away from me. Yeah. There's a really funny moment in that scene when they go outside and Edward's like, it's 20 degrees outside. And Mark's like, I, I can't look at that, uh, that thing of Niagara Falls and it has nothing oh, yeah, to do with it. Oh yeah, which has nothing to do <laughs> And then they get outside and Eduardo and Mark's telling Eduardo about Facebook and Eduardo's like, Mark, my legs are numb. And Mark goes, Yeah, I'm totally psyched about this too. <laughs> <laughs> Such good writing. Oh, Aaron Sorkin, baby. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right, what else you got here? Um so I have this one's this one's pretty kinda hard, but when Sean and Mark meet Peter Thiel, the initial investor in Facebook who gave him the 500K, Sean says that a movie was filmed in that building that they're in. What movie does he say? Oh, I do remember that comment. 
I it's an old movie. It's from the sixties. Yeah, I I don't know. Towering Inferno. Oh, nice. He's just like Towering Inferno was filmed here. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Okay, these are two tough ones. So yeah. I'm I'm over two here Those now. This one I think is a bit easier. But what does Mark's business card say? I'm CEO, bitch. Yes, <laughs> I love that. Nice. Uh, final one for you here. Once Facebook begins to grow very quickly at Harvard, Mark decides to expand it to three other schools. What schools were they? Stanford. Is one. MIT. Mm-mm. Boston. BU. Mm-mm. Ah, uh, sh- um. Or well, I guess BU, BU, BU actually might be in there because they say these three, and then I think Mark says, like, "Oh, include BU," and then someone's like, "Why do you want to do it at BU?" And it's assumed that Erica goes there. Erica, yeah. No, what is it? So it's Yale, Columbia, and Stanford. Oh, I knew it was Ivy. That was bad. Damn. Okay, I should have gotten that one, but I I went over three there. That's tough. Ouch. Here's here's probably my hardest one for you, but okay. uh, what class of marks was you know the hot girl they call that gave him the idea to add boyfriend girlfriend to Facebook? So to set the scene, he's not actually he's in a class and some guy walks up to him. Yeah, what class says, is that? Yeah. Oh God. Oh man. He's like Mark. There's this hot girl in our yeah. blank class. It's Dustin and- who goes up to him. Oh, it is Dustin. Yeah, that's it's right. Dustin. Yeah. I, I love that scene because then that's like Mark's big light bulb moment of like the final piece that Facebook is missing. Really great yeah, scene. Yeah, he runs out. Yeah. There. yeah. He's like, this is why people go to college so they can like hook up with girls. <laughs> <laughs> um, Get chicks. What class was that though? Yeah. I have no idea. It's, it's way out there. I, I have it's, no idea. <laughs> it's art history. Not not a fair question. Really. How did you wait? So I know the scene with art history when Mark starts the Facebook feed and he's like having people comment to give him answers for the for the essay that he has to write. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Man. Dustin mentions it. He goes, "Yeah, there's this there's this hot girl in our art history class." Wow, nice. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember that. That's a good one. It's way out there, but hey, yeah, no, you you did a good job though, better than I did on the trivia. Yeah, you you need to buckle down a little more watch it again yes um adam moving on now if you were to take one scene from the social network and turn it into a musical and i love this category what scene would it be oh boy okay so i have this scene and it's kind of a combination of two scenes but it's mark and sean they're in the house and sean is asking where eduardo is basically like why he's in new york and the scene is basically Mark talking really quickly, but also in song. And he's kind of like going crazy here. And Sean Parker's in the background. So Mark is saying things like, things are blowing up. And then Sean Parker in the background is, where's Eduardo? Things are blowing up. Where's Eduardo? This Eduardo, is out of control. Eduardo, Eduardo, where, Eduardo, where is he? Where is Eduardo? We're moving too fast. Where is Eduardo? We need more cash. Where is Eduardo? And then all of a sudden, the doorbell or the door opens and it's Eduardo uh, standing at the door in the rain, breathing and panting. And then it's just he's just panting for two seconds and then the curtains come down. It ends right there. 
I like that. That's pretty good. That's a great scene in general. No, it is. It's it actually should be in one of my favorites, but it's it's pretty pivotal. You know, JT would be awesome because he's a musician first and foremost. So it'd be like, where is Eduardo? Like doing all his like J- JT, just you know, cut it back a little bit. Yeah, and then you and then you have Zuckerberg who would be like, Eduardo, Eduardo, where is he, Eduardo? And JT would be like, Mark, you know, you need a little more, uh, need to increase the harmonies a little more. You'd be dancing too, all about it. Oh, yeah, man. triple threat right there, man. Love it. That's a good pick. Um, all right, what's yours? I went with Eduardo's big explosion at the end when he finds out his shares are gone. Um, and the musical would begin exactly when Eduardo charges at Mark. And he starts breaking out in song. He's in, he's experiencing so much emotional turmoil right now. He's in emotional despair. He wants to know why his friend screwed him. And he's furious about being basically exiled from the company. So I could see him singing things like he's charging to Mark and he goes, Mark. How could you do this? I was your friend, your only friend, you pretentious douchebag. And then Mark is just like, you weren't here. You haven't been involved. You didn't like, you You took away our money all those all those months ago. Just, just, just kill him. The, 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 you, you, you sing the pretentious douche, which is, or whatever, that's yeah. the best part right my there. My fuck you flip flops, my fuck you flip flops, my fuck you flip flops. And then again, JT takes over and, and becomes the star of the show. Eduardo, get out of here, Eduardo. You're not part of Facebook anymore. It's uh, wait, what is he actually? He's like, uh, he's, it's not like you will be a part of Facebook. You're not a part of Facebook. Right. Yeah. Because it's 0. 0.03. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. So that's my You pick. didn't have to be so hard on him. Yeah. <laughs> that's um, good. Uh, so, Brad, if the movie was placed in the eyes of another character... What character would be and describe the plot for us here? So I, I guess I'm breaking the rules of this question here because it is technically two people, but I went with the Winklevoss twins. Nice. They they have it all. Money, brains, brawn. There's so much pressure placed upon them by their family of being future Olympians and Harvard graduates, and that's not enough. Their family is all about what are they going to do when they're older and they can't be professional athletes anymore and they can't be Olympians anymore. Being a Harvard grad isn't enough nowadays. So they work extremely hard and develop the idea for this site called the Harvard Facebook. And they get their classmate, uh, Divya to help them out with it, but they need one more step. They need a brilliant coder to help take them to the next level. But then that coder deceives them and steals their idea and turns it into his own. And that idea is bigger and better than they even could have imagined. They want a piece of the pie. And they need to prove to their family that they are worth it. So it's their battle to not only gain a part of Facebook back that they, that they feel is theirs, but also prove to their families that this is what, who we are and what we could do. I love it because they're not used to fucking up. They yeah, don't lose. Not at all. They don't. They always win. The <laughs> speaking of that, what's really funny, and I hope this is part of your your twisted uh, take on the movie here. <laughs> when when they lose the rowing race, and I forget who it is, but the guy keeps going up to him. He's like, "Such a close race. Yeah. <laughs> really wouldn't feel bad about it." And they're like, "Fuck you, dude." <laughs> 
And it's like, oh, I want, just I want a nail biter. And then they're like, I want to introduce you to my teammates. Oh, I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> that guy's trying to change dick. the subject again. Yeah. That that rowing scene is actually filmed beautifully. It's yep. it's got all the close-ups on all the rowers' faces, and you see their expressions, and they're just in agonizing pain. You could tell that they've been in this race for miles. And they're just giving it everything they have. And then the score is really good because it picks up as they get closer oh, to the finish incredible. line. It's like a great sports scene. No, it's it's phenomenal. And they put the camera in the view of like the coach or the front of the boat yeah. looking at everyone. Okay, hold on. There's a fucking siren again. That's all good. This is what happens when you live across from a nursing home <laughs> during COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love okay. it. Um and they also do a close-up of everyone's face. Right. And they keep alternating teams, too. It, that's It's really impressive. Yeah, that scene is great. So ultimately, I'm choosing, let's see this movie from the perspective of the Winklevi. The Winklevi. Yes. Okay, I love it. Mine mine was a little bit of a different direction. I'm going with Sean Parker here. Oh, love it. Because obviously, we need Justin Timberlake in the lead role here. Of course. And I have it who, you know, a guy who at one point had it all. Napster was going perfectly but then there were countless lawsuits, and eventually everything went to shit. And he firmly believes, to in order to get back to you know his stardom, he's got to employ the fake it till you make it strategy. So he's desperately trying to stand out in Silicon Valley. He's trying to find his next big score, and then he finally finds his match, and it's it's Mark Zuckerberg, and he takes Zuck under his mentorship. Maybe because he believes in the product, but also maybe because he thinks Zuckerberg's his ticket back to the big leagues. <laughs> and so he kind of uses uh, Mark in a way there. But the only thing, the one thing that's standing in his way is Eduardo Saverin. And so the, the movie is really built around him trying to get rid and plotting to get rid of Eduardo Saverin so he can rise back up to stardom. Ooh, so it's... Yeah, Eduardo wanting to form a partnership with Mark, but Eduardo is that prick he's got to get out of the way. Does he murder him? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't go that far, but uh, he murders him in the sense of Silicon Valley uh, blacklist, I guess. Perfect. But, Perfect. Uh, nah, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. Maybe he gives him a little too much Coke. Yeah. But but he has asthma, so he can. Oh, God. My <laughs> Sean inha- Parker that, has asthma. That's so. my inhaler. <laughs> Um, No, I like that. And so it would kind of unfold as if Sean is – Sean and Sean is trying to be deceitful to Eduardo at certain times. And he's trying to convince Mark that that Eduardo is not the right guy for the project. I like it. Yeah, it's Mean Girls-esque. It is very Mean Girls-esque. They got got the burn book and Eduardo is the cover story. (laughs) Absolutely. I love it. (laughs) That's perfect. All right, Adam, here's a category that we uh, have introduced over the last episode or two. If Morgan Freeman started to narrate the movie, what part of that movie would it be? I'm, I'm going to give it a go here. I don't have the best Morgan Freeman, but Who hopefully does? as we keep doing these, you know, we, we get better and Do better. It. But <clears throat> after Mark was dumped by Erica, he felt a pain. He never felt before. It was somewhere in between shame and fear. 
but Mark didn't just sit around waiting for life to pick him back up. No, Mark did something different. He got on the computer. And after countless hours, probably one too many beers, Mark had created something special. Something that will last much longer than a college fling with a girl. He created Facebook. I like it. I... (laughs) I, I I chose the same exact scene. No. <laughs> I did. I did. I did. All right. Well, it's going to be a battle of the Morgan Freemans then. Here we go. Your your impression <laughs> could use some work, but so could mine. So <clears throat> Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm getting there. Yeah, we'll get there. All right. So here I did the same scene. So here's what I said. <clears throat> to say that Erica upset Mark would be an understatement. She hurt him. And she hurt him bad. This sparked his maniacal turn that would make him notorious around campus for scolding young women. Mark turned into his Mark stormed into his room, plopped open his laptop, and coded away. Hours later, his deliriousness and coding mastery developed the most dangerous bug the Harvard server had ever seen. A hot or not game. <laughs> Mark sent the link to a few friends via email, and it spread like <laughs> and it spread like wildfire throughout the student email system. It crashed the server after twenty-two thousand players ranked the most attractive girls on Harvard's campus. And while this antic gave Mark a new reputation on campus as the best computer whiz around, he became the most hated among Harvard's women only thickening the shame that Erica provided after that atrocious date. That's my <laughs> nice. Bravo. <laughs> you're, you're Morgan Freeman's getting pretty solid. I don't know. I, I, I practiced it for, for Cassidy last night. She told me it was horrible. So, uh, Well, she also doesn't like your Regis Philbin, which I think is, is some of the best work you've done. <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you're one of three people on this earth who likes my Regis Philbin, so... Well, I'm, I'm the only one with a microphone right now, so you, you'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. Thank you. I, I'm happy no, we that's... chose that scene. There's got to be a reason why we both chose that scene. What do you think? I don't know. It's It's got you know an element of like uh, character transition and narration that I think yeah. you know Morgan Freeman can do really well. And so that's I think that's why I chose it. But honestly, I I didn't really think too much into it. No, I I yeah. I mean, it's the it's the launching point of Mark's mental state in creating Facebook. So I think that's why we chose it. That's why I chose it. Well, pretty, pretty good work on Morgan Freeman. I'm going to work on mine, but uh, in the meantime, why don't we cut to a quick break? And when we come back, we'll do some what ifs and some even more outlandish questions. This episode of butterless popcorn is brought to you by pet cumes, the furriest vacuums you could ever ask for. Have you always wanted a furry friend for around the house, but your significant other is either allergic or just isn't on the same page. With Petcumes, the only vacuums that look and act like house pets, you can have the joy of a pet that also cleans your floors. You can select your Petcume in any dog or cat breed up to 30 pounds, and they even come with five sets of rechargeable batteries. Get ready to snuggle up on the couch with your new best friend, and then have them clean the floors after you've cooked dinner. Go to Petcumes.com and use the hashtag Butterless, that's B-U-T-T-E-R-L-E-S-S, the name of this podcast, for your first discounted best friend and cleaning service. Pet Cubes, the best of both worlds. 
Welcome back to the show. Brett, let's get into some plot what-ifs. What do you have for us here? All right. Just one plot what-if here. What if Sean Parker isn't literally across the street from Mark's L.A. home when the intern breaks the zip line? And he's not there to hear the crash and check and if everything's okay. Because that, I mean, that was really interesting. Like, why, how was he's no just there? Way. <laughs> I know. Like, I, yeah, I, it doesn't make total sense that he's there, but he was. And that's when Sean and Mark reconnect. He's and, like, you came out. Right. And so if Sean's, it, you can clearly tell that they haven't kept in contact from when they met to now, to that point. Because if they had kept in contact, Sean would know that Mark was in California. So that was that was always kind of weird to me, though, because Mark, we, we mentioned he was really blown away by Sean there. Right. Like you'd he, think they don't keep, even have a card. I know. Not, nothing. <laughs> Exchange business cards, text every now and then. I, you know, it's, it's 2010, not 1942. Like, yeah. how did they get in contact with him? I don't know. Uh, oh, did he just show up to dinner? <laughs> I think. Oh, I think Christy got the contact. That's, oh, that's why she what? was at the dinner. Yep. But yep. but regardless, at this scene, if Sean isn't there at that moment, literally across the street to hear the zip line break and check if everything's okay, he and Mark don't maybe don't rekindle that relationship they originally made. So so what do you think about that? No, that's valid. I mean, I I like to think that some way or another they would run into each other. But yeah, I mean this could mean that Eduardo actually does have a bigger role and potentially not good for Facebook in the long run if they go with the ads, depending on how influential he is to to Mark. But no, that's a good point. I mean, it's completely, you know, quote, happenstance that he happens to be right across the street. But I guess it worked out in the long run there. Yeah, I I, I, I will echo you on that. It kind of means, or it might mean that Facebook doesn't expand nearly as fast as it did globally. Sean's presence, he's there. He's saying, oh, I'll help you get to two continents instead of 100 schools. So it, without Sean's chutzpah and that bravado and that confidence, none of that maybe happens. And as you just said, if Eduardo is is the president and CFO, and he's a terrible CFO, as we've said, uh, maybe Facebook, it, it really tops out as, a, as just something that's common on U.S. college campuses instead of this massive worldwide social social networking company it would certainly make for a not as good movie that's for sure because i love that club scene that follows pretty shortly (laughs) after but you're you're damn right (laughs) good work on the chutzpah by the way oh thanks i I mean lots of chutzpah goes into sean parker so adam what's what's your plot what if I, i have one here so what if eduardo never took the internship in new york and he actually came out to to the valley with mark would he still be on the team or would Sean Parker find another way to get him out? So I think at the end of the day, Sean Parker still would have been the man because he had the bright ideas. He was the innovative one. He was the exciting one to be around. But I do think Eduardo would have been on the team. His share currently or definitely would have been higher than 0.3%. It either would have stayed at his 34 or maybe would have even dropped to like 20 or something. Mm-hmm. He would have been part of the Facebook team because he would have been, he would have had the respect of Mark. He would have had the respect of Sean. It doesn't change the fact that he was a shitty CFO, but I, I think he would have been around. See, I, I think that the, 
you know, this was a uh, excuse because it to me it was like from from the first time Eduardo and Sean met, there was no way the two of them were going to be able to operate. That's true. At least to a significant point uh, in in Facebook together. So I, I think Sean would have found another way or another reason to get rid of him. But I think to your point, he might not be down all the way to 0.03%. He might have some higher share. He just won't be as active in managing the day-to-day with Facebook. But, uh, you know, JT still would have come out on top. Agreed. So it, As he always does. Yeah, and I one more thing I want to add to that is, do we think that Eduardo still meets his same fate? I mean, you like we both agreed that maybe his shares are a little higher, but do you think ultimately in the end he is kind of slowly pushed out of the company i think operationally yeah because you know what what could happen is he stays at let's say let's say he's still got you know 10 15 20 percent of the company which is probably not enough for him to actually file a suit but you know he would maintain his equity but he would just be kind of phased out of the decision making there and maybe not an actual employee just more so of a shareholder so sure that's what i would anticipate but who the hell knows? That guy's a loose cannon. So. <laughs> I mean, they're all kind of loose cannons, to be honest. But uh, that's true. Maybe that's the reason why Facebook became such a giant. That's fair. All right. Well, speaking of loose cannons, if you could redo the movie in a different genre, and I know yours is going to be crazy, what genre would you choose? <laughs> so I'm going with a romantic drama slash thriller. It's so what what I'm what I'm about to describe is actually not too far off from the movie. I don't change much. So here's my synopsis. Mark and Erica date for about a year, get a little serious, and then they break up when Erica gets an internship in New York City one summer. She dumps Mark for some hotshot owner of a tech company. And this sparks a fire in Mark. He fell in love with her. He's distraught. And now he becomes obsessed with being better than this hotshot tech guy. And he wants to get Erica back. So it's so he still creates Facebook. He's still pushing as hard as he can. But his goal is set on, I'm going to do this thing, Facebook, but it's really to get Erica back and to prove to her that I'm basically, you know, if if this guy is smart i'm fucking albert einstein that's where his sights are he slaves over facebook for years it becomes the world's biggest social networking company and finally in the end mark and erica meet and she's not with this guy anymore and she wants him back but mark has come so far with facebook and the work he's put in he realized that he doesn't have the bandwidth for erica in his life and that Facebook Ooh. is already his one true love. Ooh, I love it. So he doesn't send the friend request at the end then. He doesn't even care. No, and she wants him. And it's like he worked so hard for her, but then he realizes he doesn't need her. Man, I really... So in the end, he's just kind of at peace with, with not having her and, and having Facebook as his love. And then she just shit out of luck. Right. <laughs> Huh, I really like that. That's it's kind of like the opposite in a way of what this movie, you know, the trajectory that it really takes. Yeah, but. a little bit. It's not so much thriller, I guess, more romantic drama, probably. 
Yeah, I'm a sucker for that. I think I'd be I love in. it too. Yeah, Adam, what's yours? Mine is a little different. Uh, the genre I chose was an adult film. <laughs> so, oh my god, you got a you got a nerdy guy <laughs> who just got dumped, and uh, he's kind of looking for a quick fix. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so he's he's having trouble picking out his next mate. So he he creates a little site to help him out. <laughs> And uh, one lovely lady sees herself on this site, and she realizes that uh, you know she needs to help out the nerd. <laughs> and so she knocks on his door, and you know the rest is history. It just kind of ends, just kind of ends there. So, and that's it. So like Mark makes Facebook, and then he finds a woman on Facebook, and they have sex, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's. I don't know if he goes as far to actually create the whole Facebook. It's just more of that like hotter net type of top type of site. And one of the chicks sees herself on there and it's like, oh, I think I might need to help out the founder here. Hello, Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> she comes in. That's the line that she says and slams the door. And then, you know, you could just kind of put your imagination to do the rest. Oh, wow. I could see it. She barges into the room. And he's like, wait, I, I, I have I have six more hours of coding left. Can you go back? Can you come back tomorrow morning? And she's like, bad boy. <laughs> now or never. Yeah. <laughs> our our synopsis could not have been any different, and I love it. That's great. Yeah, both centered around love. <laughs> so next question here, Adam. Not it, it's rare that a movie is absolutely perfect, right? If you could change one thing about the social network, what would it be? This one I actually had some difficulty with, and I started typing something, and then as I was typing it, I deleted it and was like, never mind. So at first, you know, I wanted it to be more realistic regarding the actual creation of Facebook, because as I had kind of done research and and learned about Facebook and how it started, I was like, okay, this is not at all, you know, what happened. There's, There's some elements that are accurate, sure, but otherwise, no. But as we kind of talked about before in the beginning of the show... That's not what makes this movie special. It's the fact that it really isn't a biography and a you know realistic timeline of what Facebook was and how it was created. So I, I actually, to answer the question, I don't have an answer. I don't have something that would make it better because while I was watching it, what I thought would make it better after thinking about it more would only make it worse. So nothing. Yeah. So long story short, I, I don't have anything. Okay. Uh, no, I mean, I kind of understand what you're saying. I, and I had a similar mindset when I was doing this question at first that it would be interesting to see more historical accuracy here. But then at the same time, that's that's a documentary almost. That's mm-hmm. not a, a dramatization. That's not a fun film that we're going to do on this podcast. Right. So, no, this is this is done perfectly with the with the appropriate level of accuracy, in my opinion. Yeah, so yeah, I, one change of thing. I agree. I so as I was thinking of that, I had a hard time with this question, but then once my answer occurred to me, I feel pretty strong about it. I'm intrigued to hear what you think. So um and I'm not sure how this could be changed. 
and since they're trying to be factual, I get it. Um, but the the female characters, their their roles are pretty pretty weak in this movie and pretty vanilla, as you, as you said about Rashida Jones. But even even worse than that, though, um, and I know that there were no women involved with the creation of Facebook. But the the presence of a lot of the women in this movie is kind of brutal sometimes. So besides Rooney Mara's character, I made a quick list of what some of the women in this movie do. There's a little theme. So there's the woman at Stanford who has the one night stand with Sean Parker. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's Eduardo's girlfriend who has sex with him in the bathroom on the first date. There's the attractive intern at Facebook who they check out her ass when she's when she's (laughs) when she's when she's walking by. There, How old is she, Sean? <laughs> there's Sean's Victoria's Secret model who he brings with to the club. And then in the beginning, when it's when there's like that big party going on that Mark's missing out on, there's girls making out and like stripping on the on the tables. So I, again, I, I if I had to change one thing, I would probably just say just have some female characters have some stronger roles. But um I, I don't it's hard to implement that change, obviously, when you're shooting for more historical accuracy because there were no women involved with the creation of Facebook. So I'm not quite sure how that change will be done, but maybe just not have all not have most of the women in this movie kind of be so like, you know, sexual and around yeah. of that nature, I guess. It it doesn't help my adult film adaptation <laughs> of the movie, but I see where you're going with it. Sure. I think uh, we could potentially get a little bit more Erica in there because yeah. she's Erica's great. You know, Rudy Mara is good in this movie, and she's in for like two scenes. Yeah, and it, it, she's definitely in Zuckerberg's head, you know, the whole time in this movie. So maybe find a way to sprinkle her in a little bit more and get some more, uh, you know, spice, I guess, to the to the female characters there. So yeah, I'm I'm with you. That's that's a very valid point. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So. Another question here. This one is fun. What other company or app story would you want to see made into a movie? I there's there's a lot a, a ton of directions you can go in here. I went Snapchat. Ooh, so okay, it's kind of similar in the sense that it was created by some students at Stanford, and they run they run into quite a few problems in the early going. And I think the biggest one that I remember and I was researching about was the privacy concerns. So Snapchat was kind of geared towards a slightly younger audience, so some millennials at the time, but uh, there were a lot of people that were under 18 using Snapchat. And so because of the public nature of of the platform, it led to some some concerns and some issues and suits. So, you know, again, you could, you could follow the same path of the lawsuits and the, the ways that they the ways that that got in the way of the progress that the company made. So I thought that would be good. And then also there would still be a good amount of disagreements and drama in the film. So yeah, I think you could play up how to monetize the app. So Snapchat, I don't know if you remember, I know you're not a huge Snapchat guy, but they had these snap spectacles. I think they were called, they were the <clears throat> snap glasses. It was a form of hardware. I don't think and I remember that. They, they were like glasses. I think it, I, this must have been like 2016 or something like that. I don't know. It, it fizzled. But uh, I think this would be kind of like the similar disagreement that we had with Eduardo and using the ads to monetize. It would be a similar way of, you know, a disagreement on whether to use these hardware products to, to start monetizing. So I, I think it would it could follow a similar path 
um, and it would be pretty interesting. I think that's a really good idea. Um, that there's this issue going on within the development of the company. So kind of how Facebook had those lawsuits that were pretty quiet, I guess, because if Dustin Moskovitz didn't even know about the Winklevi, yeah. that should that must have been pretty quiet. So I like that that it it focuses on the the creation of this massive social networking company, but it kind of centers in on an internal issue. Right. Yeah. No. I mean, it would be uh, it would be a similar path, which is you know it's one downfall, but I think it would be good. Yeah. I like what do you that. have? Uh, so I had, and I, I honestly think this one is going to be made within the next decade, uh, Jeff Bezos and Amazon. Yeah. Amazon is Amazon is probably the biggest industry disruptor in the entire world today, one of them at least. What started off as a, a bookstore in someone's garage is, you know, Jeff Bezos now has his hands on movie production companies and grocery stores and convenience stores and, and massive worldwide bookstores and uh, a movie about... The rise of Bezos and Amazon, I think, would be kind of cool. Just to, I mean, Amazon is so massive; they're bigger than the, Facebook. The, so it'd just, be called the Distribution Network. <laughs> <laughs> it's directed by David Fincher. Directed by David Fincher, written by Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Based off of Ben Mesrick's book. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just because I, I feel like right now, Jeff Bezos is such a polarizing figure especially because he's the richest person on earth that would also incline people to want to see a movie made about it he might be a, a trillionaire in in a handful of years it's, i saw it's that it's very like, possible shit. isn't isn't the i don't know the numbers but isn't the distance between him and the second wealthiest person in the world pretty big it's it's huge in the united states i don't know what it is globally but yeah i mean it fluctuates all the time with amazon stock price but right. this guy Oh man, no, that would be a that would be a really good movie. And like you said, he's had his fair share of, you know, polarizing actions and controversies, especially pretty recently in the last year. With he said a lot. I'm sure he sent. Didn't he send like dick pics? Or <laughs> <laughs> Did he? I don't. I didn't hear about that. I think it was. Uh, so there was the divorce that he just went through, and then her like brother-in-law or some shit was saying something about how he's got like pictures. Or I don't. I don't remember oh, what yeah. it was. It was it was pretty funny. So but, here, here's uh, a here's a side yeah. question about this, and obviously I didn't I don't I didn't prep an answer for this. Who would play him? Who would play Jeff Bezos Ooh. in a movie about Amazon? Oh man, it can't be Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> we have we have to picture these actors bald too, <laughs> in our minds. Right, that's it. Can't be Cumberbatch. Bald guy that com- the first guy that comes to my mind that's bald is uh, is Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh man, a really buff. I mean, Jeff Bezos is kind of buff. You've seen pictures of him in the media, but like, what about? Sorry, sorry. What about Ben Kingsley? Ooh, I mean, Kingsley too old though at this point. Oh, there's CGI. Figure it out. Kind of how they did with the Irishman. They could de-age him. Yeah, that's not bad. Is that because he's bald? That's that's eighty percent of the reason. But yeah, yeah. I mean, no, Ben. I mean, Ben Kingsley is. A really fucking terrific actor. So maybe he can reprise his role as Gandhi for Jeff Bezos. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's a good question, but I think that'd be a good movie. Yeah, I do too. I like it. I'm I'm looking forward to when, if and when that does come out. I so. think I think if they were gonna make a movie about another tech company and kind of the rise of it as they did it with Facebook, I think they would do Amazon. 
Yeah. And would Amazon Studios produce it? Ooh. I don't know. Might be some Feels conflict like a of Warner interest. Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Netflix. That's weird to say. Maybe. Yeah. No, that would uh that would be an interesting one. So Brett, coming down the home stretch here. Does the social network in your mind make the Mount Rushmore for any of the actor actresses or other cast members in this film? Yes, it does for a handful of people involved in the movie. I think, as we said earlier, uh, this is the role Jesse Eisenberg was born to play. And I, I love him. I think he's great. So I had The Social Network along with The Squid and the Whale, a great Noah Baumbach film, um, Adventureland, and The Art of Self-Defense, which came out uh, in 2019, which was really funny. So I had- No Zombieland? Not a huge Zombieland guy. Oh, No. People Bill love it. Bill fucking Murray. Oh, I think that scene with Bill Murray is kind of dumb. Oh, it totally is, but no, I, I mean, eat it up. Okay. It's okay. I mean, Woody Harrelson's great. I love Emma Stone. Uh, but Oh, Woody Harrelson could be Bezos. He probably could be, actually. It's really good. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's bald. He's bald, but he's kind of an ass, too. Yeah. Oh, he would be really... Oh, I'm fired up now. Let's do it. Woody Harrelson is Jeff Bezos. Let's pitch it. There we go. Um, Sorry, continue. Yeah, no, so Jesse Eisenberg, absolutely, I have him in there. Uh, Justin Timberlake, 100%. I even said earlier, I think this is the best movie he's been in, or the best he's been in a movie. I also had Friends with Benefits. I know you're a big fan of that, too. Oh, that's that's his best role. You think think he's better in that than he is as Sean Parker? No, but that's his best role. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the the chemistry with him and Mila Kunis is really good, too so good oh what a couple anyway sorry and then so i actually didn't have a fourth for him and i barely even have a third but i put bad teacher yes (laughs) (laughs) i love that is such a guilty pleasure of mine i love that movie that, that that movie's so bad but he's actually really funny in it he he's good in it it's it's so good yeah and i mean when you're at working with Jason Siegel too, it's it's hard for for that movie not to be at least a little funny. No, oh, I'm so glad you put that one yeah. in there. But I actually didn't have a fourth for J- for JT, so just those no, three. Me neither. And then Garfield, I said yes. Um, it's it's this and Spider Man really. Uh, I never saw Hacksaw Ridge or Silence. Silence was the Scorsese film that came out a few years ago, but I heard both of those were really good. Um, but yeah, when I think of Garfield, I think of him as Eduardo, and then finally. David Fincher is one of my favorite directors. He has made probably like, I would say, I think he has like around 11 movies or so. And he has one coming out this year or supposed to come out this year. But of those movies, a ton of them are in my favorites. He's got Fight Club. He's got Seven. He's got Gone Girl, Zodiac, Benjamin Button, Panic Room, Girl with Dread and Tattoo. So I say Social Network is in there. So I have the Social Network, the Girl with Dragon Tattoo, which is, one of my favorite movies of the last decade. And then Zodiac and The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Now, I mean, we have a very similar list here. I won't repeat all that. I mean, Eisenberg, obviously, in there. Garfield, yeah. I mean, Spider-Man's the only really prominent role that I've seen of his other than this. So Garfield, 100%, he's in there for here. Fincher, I put yes. Similar Fight Club girl with the dragon tattoo benjamin button and social network so that that does make it 
Uh, JT, we already talked about him completely in agreement. There's only three movies you need to talk about with JT. And like you said, Bad Teacher, <laughs> Friends with Benefits, and Social Network. Isn't um, uh, Thomas Lennon in Bad Teacher? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I love Thomas Lennon. Yeah, Thomas Lennon is pretty funny. <laughs> he, he he is the ultimate honorable mention in any good comedy, in my opinion. But uh, speaking of Thomas Lennon, I love you, man. Uh, Rashida Jones, I didn't actually put her you know in here in really consideration yeah. but you know she and she's mainly parks and rec in the office she's sure. tv but uh and and this really wasn't an amazing role for her. she did a good job but it's not an amazing role for her um fincher we I already talked about him and then the the last honorable mention i have here is ben mesrick <laughs> <laughs> have you read any ben mesrick books no but you know i'm big 21 guy <laughs> So, uh, but I just, I, I just wanted to put his name out there because, you know, he did such a good job with what we talked about earlier, but allowing this film to be adapted in the way that it was to maybe not mirror the book a hundred percent, but to, to work in tandem with these guys, I think was, was really impressive. So, uh, I want to kind of give him a shout out there. Yeah, absolutely. And Aaron Sorkin shout out too. Cause I mean, he's written a ton of great movies, a few good men. And as we said, an enemy of the state with Will Smith and, and a lot of others, I mean, he won an Oscar for this best adapted screenplay. So yep. you gotta, gotta give credit where credit is due. The writing is one of the strongest points of this movie. And this did win uh, a couple Oscars, right? So did, did it win or was it nominated for cinematography? So, yeah. So it was, um, it received eight Oscar nominations including Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, and it won three. It won Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Original Score, and Best Film Editing. Okay. And it did win a Golden Globe, I believe, for Best Drama. Best did Picture it? Drama. Nice. I believe so. Uh, you could argue that, so that year's Best Picture winner, I believe, was The King's Speech. Okay. Um, I, I, I love The King's Speech. I think this is better. Really, I actually never saw the King's Speech, so yeah. I, I can't comment on it. But yeah, great! Movie. I, I heard amazing things. Great movie. I love Colin Firth, Jeffrey Rush too. But I, I think this takes the cake. All right, Brett. So then, what is uh, to to wrap it up here? What is the most memorable thing for you about this movie? So, in terms of the movie itself, it's it's the writing and it's it's specifically the dialogue. It's so fast and snippy. And uh, as I kind of said earlier, the characters' minds and their mouths work faster than everyone else around them. So especially Mark Zuckerberg, he just moves at a speed that is untouchable. It's quite impressive. Um, And to put it in this perspective, a standard uh, film screenplay, when you're talking about how long it is in the runtime, usually say it's about a, a page a minute or a minute a page, right? The script for The Social Network was 162 pages and the movie is two hours flat so that just shows how fast they were talking and how they just jammed everything in and it works brilliantly and that had a lot of fair point it it never drags at all never drags at all and they jammed so much dialogue in there uh and i so i think that's the most memorable part of the movie but um, something I'd like to give a and also shout out to of the most memorable thing is Facebook itself. Um, in, in the past decade since this movie came out, Facebook has grown bigger and larger and more spectacularly than I think uh, 
Mark Zuckerberg even would have thought. So um, at the end of the movie, the last shot, they give those like statistics of the growth. So it said in, in 2010, in the movie, it said Facebook has 500 million members. It's currently valued at $25 billion. As of last year, Facebook had 2.6 billion members and was valued at $89 billion. So it had essentially like tripled in size. The uh, the market cap currently for Facebook is six hundred billion. Oh my so, god! So yeah, it's what's actually pretty interesting is you know there's that whole stuff about Eduardo being diluted like crazy. So at the time of the dilution, he owned thirty four percent of a valuation that was somewhere around five million or something like that. I don't know, but his his. Uh, his share was worth 2.4 million. And so after, you know, when the movie ended, I I did a quick calculation. Instead of 2.4 at the end, even though he was at 0.03%, it was actually worth 181.5 million. So that just shows the growth that Facebook had, even though he was diluted so much to barely owning anything because it was so valuable. He, He owns a shit ton now. Uh, it could have been 205 billion with a B. <laughs> so that's fair to be a little bit pissed off, but but yeah, I mean, um, big shout out to Facebook. I'm with you right there. Huge. It's, it's it's grown like crazy. So, what's your most memorable thing about this movie, Adam? So mine, we've we've already touched on it a couple times, and I've brought this up maybe three or four in the last 30 minutes or so. But the fact that Ben Mesrick, uh, Sorokin, Fincher didn't try to tell Facebook's story. They basically told a story where Facebook was at the center of it and it worked beautifully. Uh, there wasn't the criticism of, well, you know, that's not really what happened. And a lot of times I think when you see the reviews that come out about movies like this, accuracy is always one of the first or second things that critics will bring up and some of them won't be able to get past it. They say this is too factually incorrect that they can't give a good review for the film, but because of the way that they made this screenplay and wrote it, where it almost didn't matter how factual it really was, played off so well for them in the long run, and I think that's why this movie ages so well, and and I'm excited to watch it over and over again. That's a great point that you just brought up, that it's, it's a movie about the people in it, and not necessarily about Facebook. So it, it's, it's, yeah, it's about love and it's about betrayal and it's about friendship more than anything, really. Um, and Facebook is kind of the thing that got intertwined with all of those and broke some of those apart. But it's about those people and the people involved. So that's a great point. Yeah, it, it's the glue that brings the story together. It's not the, you know, the the central point of the, of the solar system, if you will. So. Yes. Super well done from yeah. there. Yeah, well said. Um, and I'm excited to keep watching this movie too. So, Adam, this was very fun. We will get together again very soon. Till then, take care and thanks for listening, everybody. Bye.